deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from Stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Good evening, BCM. Good to have you here this evening. And if you're watching online, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to have a good time with the Lord tonight. Heavenly Father, you are great and glorious. And we lift up the name of Jesus in this place. And we give you all the glory and all the praise for you are good. Thank you, Lord, for being with us and doing great and mighty things in us, through us and to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
suffering and you are here and Lord we thank you that you are here speak to us 
For the Lord is the light of the world. And he calls his children to walk in that light. He gives you his light on the inside. For as his word comes in you, it shines on all the inward parts. Celebrate the light. Let the light increase your life. Let the light illuminate your path. Let the light shine bright. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory be to God. Well, we're coming off a great event where we had Patty Akui and Dr. Fiona. They were a tag team powerhouse. Hallelujah. Good things are happening here at VCF. Just uh, if you've been changed in any way, shape, or form since you've been to VCF, just put your hand up. Hallelujah. Look at those hands. You know, what, you know what that just means? This is fertile ground. This is good ground. And uh, God is doing something here. And, you know, we're just a small part in the body of Christ. But uh, we're here to take over. Amen? We're doing big things. Hallelujah. And we're glad that you're here this evening. Hallelujah. And uh, as always, you know, if, you, if you'd like to, and, uh, you can give any time during the service in the container there or as you came in, or you can give online if you're watching. Uh, if you need to go to the bookstore, you can do it that way. But uh, get in on what God's doing. Amen? You can't beat God-given. That's what uh, R.W. Shambach used to say, you can't beat God-given. Because as you give, he will give unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's already four times more. And uh, he's never had a downtime. He's never had, uh, you know, God has always been ahead of the curve. And uh, he is good. So, Father, I give you thanks and praise for the givers that love you and love your kingdom and love your work. And I thank you, Lord, that as they invest in your kingdom, Lord, you will give them a heavenly return and you will bless them abundantly. And Lord, we just celebrate your goodness and we bless the givers and their gifts here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we've got Kids Life tonight. So we're going to dismiss our awesome, incredible kids and our teachers that teach them. They're anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. You glad you're here this evening? Could have been in a lot of places probably on a Wednesday, but you're here and you won't regret it. God has some fresh manna for us. Nothing like fresh bread. It fills the atmosphere. So I want to ask you a couple questions tonight. What leads to life? 
You know, life has a direction. It has a course. It has a path. And I want to talk to you tonight about the path of life. You know, when you know that you're on the path of life, that's refreshing. You're on the path that leads to life. Where you go and what you do on that path, it leads to something, right? You know, some places there are many ways to get there. But other places, there's only one way to get there. And uh, how many want to go to life? Amen? And on this path of life, you can use a map, a compass, and a GPS. The map is the Word of God. The compass is Jesus because he always points up. He's the North Star. And the GPS is the Holy Spirit who talks to you to lead God and direct us to, and, and to help us make adjustments as we go. You know, in traveling, I've had to make a lot of adjustments. Some self-inflicted. Others were out of my control. <laughs> but aren't you glad that you can adjust your course along the way? To get to the destination. Are you going the right way? Just food for thought. Don't, I'm not looking for an answer. Just want you to ponder these things. Are you heading in the right direction? Is the path that you're on going to take you to your destination, which is your destiny? Every one of us in this place has a destiny, a divine destiny that God has designed, preordained for you. Before you were born into this earth, you were born with God's DNA, with his his purpose and plan for your life. And uh, he's got a destiny for you. And he's got a course that's going to get you to that destiny. My course has taken me from Illinois to Oklahoma to Pennsylvania, hallelujah, and to Tennessee, and a lot of other places in between. So I, I like to tell people home is where my toothbrush is. And, and now that I'm married, it's, it's where Fiona is. <laughs> hallelujah. Are you staying on your path, or are you stopping too many times for sightseeing? You know, the devil would like to get you off your path. And he has off-ramps along the way that are going to take you away from your destiny and not get you to them, not get you to it. Are you using the best means of travel on the path you're following? You know, in traveling, we could walk, drive, fly, or boat, or other means, right? Are you using the best means of travel... To get you to where you need to be. Are you, is the path you're on, is it the best way? Is it the fastest way? Is it the most secure way? It's going to take, you know, um, when we were in New Zealand, many years ago with my family, we had a camper van. And we toured both the North and the South Island of New Zealand because my brother-in-law He's a Kiwi. He's a New Zealander. And we were driving, and he said he knows a shortcut. Boy, was it a shortcut. 
It was over a mountain with no guardrail. And along the way, we ran into sheep crossing the road. And he forgot his camera and he, we had to go back down. So we said, we're not going to take that shortcut again. I mean, I didn't have a problem with it. But if you heard my mom in that camper van, ha, hoo, ha. Sorry, mom, if you're watching. It wasn't the best path. You know, sometimes you think that you're going to take a shortcut, but that shortcut turns out to not be so short, or it leads you away, or it takes you longer than what you could have taken. You know, some, the devil would like to make things easy for your flesh. But you know what? We're not led by the flesh. What are we led by? Spirit of God, Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as allow the Holy Spirit to lead them, that is a qualification of being a son of God. A son is a position. has nothing to do with gender. Okay? So, um, in a world with many options to get to your destination, how do you know you're on the right path? The question is, does the path you're on lead to life? Go with me to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 12. I want you to see this here. Proverbs 14, 12. Glory to God. You glad you came on a Wednesday? Hallelujah. You're going to get... Some good food tonight. Proverbs fourteen twelve says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is the way of what? It leads to death. See, if we're not getting input from God, if we're not getting direction from God, see, God has the greater perspective. God has been where you're going. He went there and came back and he got the t-shirt for it. Amen? God knows everything about the path that you're supposed to be on. He knows what's going to happen if you get off that path. So God has a greater perspective, so we need to get his input to make sure that we are on the path that leads to life. Because if it doesn't lead to life, guess what? It leads to death. So we're either on the path that leads to life or we're on the path that's going to lead us to death. And we want life. Amen? Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Glory to God. You don't just want to be able to say like Johnny Cash, I've been all around, man. I've been all around. <laughs> say, say this with me. Say, I have, a, I have a divine destiny. I have a divine purpose. And I'm going to get to my destiny with God's help. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 And verse 13, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and uh, this is right after he told them to ASK, ask, seek, and knock. 
And in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Everybody say destruction. If that way is broad and wide, that means it's easy to be destroyed. But notice, he doesn't stop there, thank God. And there are many who go by it. There are many people who have been destroyed because they got on the wide path, the broad path. But look at verse 14. Because sorrow is the gate, or uh, narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Everybody say narrow. And difficult. See, if you're going to go through, if you're going to go on the path of life, you may have to go through a cross. You may have to go through some suffering. But guess what? I said go through it. Don't, don't stop there and camp there. Go through it. Amen? You're just going to check your, you're just going to, they're just going to punch your ticket at the suffering gate and you're going to go right through. Why? Because you've got someone who gives you the victory. You've got someone who always causes you to triumph. His name is Jesus, the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? So here, here's something that I wrote down. Righteousness enhances your journey. Wickedness impedes your progress. You know, if you're going to go on the right path, it's good. guess what? What's the root word of righteousness? Right. Oh. It has something to do with the right path. Righteousness and right. Okay? The word impede means to obstruct, hinder, hamper, delay, or block. You don't want your way to life blocked. You don't want your way to the life hampered or or delayed. Amen? I wrote this down. Integrity inspires victory. But immorality distorts and destroys the way. When I was in India and we went to Nagaland, we had to drive over a mountain. And only part of the mountain road was paved. They were working on the rest. But it was, uh, it was a bumpy journey. <laughs> and... Uh, but we were able to go over the mountain, amen, preach the gospel and go back over the mountain. The mountain didn't stop us. We overcame the mountain. Say, I'm a mountain overcomer. You know, if there's a mountain in your way, you can either go through it or over it or make it disappear. Amen. Hallelujah. But there is a path that leads to life. Go with me to Psalm chapter 16. Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. David, I believe, wrote this psalm. Psalm 16, verse 11. He says this, he says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is a little bit of joy. Fullness of joy. Could anybody use some more joy? 
we haven't reached the full level yet. When you have fullness of joy, you can't contain it. Okay, so in your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I want you to notice something. He said, you're going to show me this path. In other words, this path might be hidden. How many know that when Moses was before the Red Sea and the, the, the hooves of the Egyptian army with their chariots were behind him, right? God had a path that was hidden and it needed to be shown to Moses at the right time. And there was Moses standing before the Red Sea. The Egyptian army was closing in and he, he began to pray to God and God said, what's in your hand? A stick. He had a staff in his hand, right? He said, stretch your staff over the waters. And he did. And guess what? The waters parted and there was a hidden path that was made known for Moses, for Moses and two to three million uh, Jews to walk on that path on dry ground through the Red Sea. Who would have ever thought that you could go through the Red Sea? God did. It wasn't anything for God, but God had that path that was hidden. And that path brought deliverance. That path brought destruction to Egypt. That path, see, only the right people could go on that path. Because when the wrong people tried to go that path, they got drowned, literally. They were overwhelmed. The path of the righteous was not meant for the wicked. If the wicked try to go on the right path, they're going to get crushed. Hallelujah. So he said, you will show me the path of life. Here's what the New Living Translation says. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. How many know that the right path, you will not go on the right path alone. Someone's going to go with you. His presence is going to go with you. Because you can't get on the right path without his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. When you travel with God, you have a good time. When you travel with God, it's exciting. It's wonderful. The, The Holman Christian Standard Bible says it this way. You reveal the path of life to me. Aren't you glad that God reveals that path to you? He, he shows you the direction in which to go. He, he leads, guides, and directs you, and he goes with you. Did, did Israel get out of Egypt alone? No, God went with them. He was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. He led them at the night. He led them during the day. Amen? He went with them, and God's going to go with you also. The International Standard Version says this of Psalm 1611, you cause me to know the path of life. Is your, in your presence is joyful abundance. Everybody say joyful abundance. You know, everything that God does is connected with joy. You can't separate God's work from joy. Because where God works, there's joy. When a person gets healed, there's joy. When a person gets delivered, there's joy. When a person gets saved, there's joy. And, and in his presence is fullness of joy. You know, God's not going to run out of joy anytime soon. There's not going to be a, 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 
uh, a shortage, that's the word, thank you, English teacher right there. There's, not gonna, there's never going to be a shortage of joy. It's always going to be available. And guess what? Our joy comes from God. It doesn't come from our circumstances. So you could have God's joy in the midst of a bad circumstance. Hallelujah. And then he says, at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Okay? This path, it leads to the center of life, God himself. The path of life is the path that God has created, that God made. He designed you for it. Hallelujah. You were, you were meant to be on the path of life, the path of blessing, the path of goodness, the path of peace. Hallelujah. You were meant to be on that path. You don't need any special shoes. All you need is faith. It leads to life, immortal life, eternal life, endless life. Hallelujah. He will reveal it. He'll cause us to know this path of life. It's not going to be a mystery. When you get to a fork in the road, and you're not going to have to wonder which way do you take, because God will show you the way. Jesus said, I am the way. Amen? Just follow him. Glory to God. You're not going to be like that cartoon character. Which way do I go? Which way do I go? I don't even know what that character is, but I just remember that. Hallelujah. A path is a a way. It's a course. It's a way of living. See, the path is not just the physical path. But it's the way you live life. It's the way you do life. It's the way you behave. It's the way you think. It's the way you speak. That that either enhances or distorts your course, your behavior. You know, you got a behavior setting on, on this path, right? Just like an airplane has an altitude setting, right? They tell you how high they are. Because they, they can indicate that. There's an indicator. I haven't even flown a plane, and I know that there's a, a, an altitude indicator, right? And, and like pilots, our altitude or our attitude will determine our altitude. Amen? Say, my attitude, my attitude. is my behavior indicator. My behavior indicator. Hallelujah. Okay? The way can either be righteous or wicked. Of course, if it's the path of life, it's going to lead to life. It's... But the wicked, it, it leads to death. All right? Um, hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25 and verse 4. Psalm 25 and verse 4. See, if you don't know which way to go, you can ask the Lord. Psalm 25, verse 4, show me your ways. You know, God's got more than one way of doing something. So we need to, show, we need to be shown his ways. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. 
Lead me in your truth and teach me. Jesus is the greatest teacher of all time. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher of all time. And he was given to us so that he can show us things to come, so that he can teach us how to go, how to live this life, how to be on the right path, how to do the right thing at the right time in the right place. He'll teach us if we don't know it. No GPS is going to teach you. They're just going to scold you. Make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. They don't tell you what you did wrong because they just say, make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. Of course, on mine, I got, a, I got, a, I got an Indian male voice. He, he said, make, make a U-turn. Make a U-turn. For you are the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. So God will teach you his ways. Mm. Go to Psalm 119. Psalm 119 verse 9. Hallelujah. You love God's word? Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? Notice that phrase, cleanse his way. If you're on the wrong path, you need your way cleansed. If you're going in the wrong direction, you need your way cleansed. How can a young man, and guess what? Everybody's young. Say, I'm young. Listen, the numbers don't tell the whole story. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. (laughs) You're going the wrong way? Okay, I've just been cleansed. Now I can get on the right way. You know, it doesn't take but a moment to change direction. If you're going the wrong way, you can get on the right path. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. And we're going to kind of camp here for the rest of this evening, at least a good part of it anyway, because this whole chapter has a lot to say about our path and how we get on the right path. If you want to be on the right path, say amen. Okay, I'm in the right place at the right time. Amen. This this is just what the Holy Spirit put in me. It's like the secret ingredient. You know, God's like a soup maker. He puts in secret ingredients and he lets it, he lets it simmer until all the flavors get soaked in. Right? So I, I've been simmering today so that this flavor can get soaked in. Hallelujah. All right? Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Uh, Verses 1 to 6, or 1 to 5, is going to give us important instructions on how to get on the right path. Proverbs 2, 1. My son, also, talking to daughters, talking to everybody. If, everybody say if. Notice it's not automatic. You're driving the stick, not an automatic. A manual, right? If you receive my words... Okay? Can anybody 
receive God's words. Absolutely. They are available to anybody. How do you receive God's words? What do you have to do to receive God's words? Believe. When you believe what God said, you say, yes, that is true. I agree. I embrace it. It's mine. Let's do it. Okay? That's a receiving position. And, okay, you got to receive his word and treasure my commands within you. All right? Everybody say treasure. That means you've got to cherish. You've got to value. You've got to prize and appreciate and hold dear his commands. Now, you may not love being told what to do, but we need to love God's commands. Because God's commands produce life. Did you know how the centurion's servant got healed? He got healed by a command. He knew that Jesus had authority, and he knew that whatever Jesus said would come to pass. And he came to Jesus... And he said, my servant lies uh, very sick. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him, didn't he? But the centurion said, oh, you don't need to come to my house. I'm not worthy that you should come to my house. Only speak the word. He reverenced, he cherished, he treasured the commands of Jesus. And Jesus, he marveled. He said, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. How many know God's words are powerful? And we need to treasure his commands. Okay? So if you want to get on the right path, you're going to have to receive. There has to be reception. Are you tuned in to God's channel? Are you on the right station that God is speaking? Amen? That's reception. Right? We have to, see, God speaks, but it's us to receive. No one can make you receive. That's an individual choice. That's a decision that you have to make. And you know what? You can be one person in the place of a multitude, and you can receive. The woman with the issue of blood. She purposed in her heart that she was going to receive her healing simply by touching Jesus' garments. Right? And she went and made her way through the crowd in her weakened state because of what she heard. She acted on what she heard. She believed it. And she touched him. Now, what was interesting was there was all kinds of people touching Jesus. Because when Jesus said, who touched me? The disciples were like, what are you talking about, Jesus? Because they noticed that everybody was touching him. Boop, 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 right? But only one touched him in faith. Everybody else's touch, they were trying to see what they could get. But one believed what she was going to get. And one activated the virtue from Jesus. The Bible says virtue went into her. And immediately she felt in her body that she was healed. 
So she was one out of how many people were touching him. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But she was one in a multitude. Her touch was different than everybody else's touch. Why? She, had, she was able to receive what God said. She, she, she just heard a report. She, you know, she just heard someone else say what Jesus did. And that was enough for her to get healed. Come on. Amen. Okay? So you need good reception. If you're going to be on the right path, you need good reception. Got to have good antennas. Right? You got to have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. Why? Because he's the one that shows us what belongs to us. He's the one that reveals what God has prepared for us. Holy Spirit. Right? You've got to be able to recognize the Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit speak to you? You've got to know how he speaks to you. Why? So that you can distinguish his voice from any other voice. Amen? If Dr. Fiona calls me, I don't have to ask who this is. If I do, it's not going to go well with me. No, I'm just kidding. But I have spent 20 plus years with her. We work together. We live together. We eat together. We do all kinds of things together. I have learned to recognize her voice. And I can distinguish her voice. If I'm in a crowd of people and Fiona speaks, I will hear it. And that's how we need to be with the Holy Spirit. We need to be able to distinguish and discern his voice over every other voice because that's who the instruction is going to come through to get the miracle or to get what you need or to get where you're going. Amen? I did not have Palmyra, Pennsylvania marked out on the map. I didn't know anything about Palmyra, Pennsylvania. But when God spoke to me, And for us to be here, we came as a direct result of God speaking to us to come here. I heard about this church at a meeting in Lancaster. We were having a meeting. I was part of the meeting. And we were talking about internship because it was relating to a Bible school. And they said, for example, there's this church that's been without a pastor for a year. My antenna went up. I had my receptors on. I took that statement, and you could ask Dr. Phil, and when I got home, she's probably never seen me that excited about and, and, and ready to act so quick. I'm more of an analytical person. It kind of takes me a while, you know. But... Uh, When God gets a hold of you, he accelerates things. Everybody say good reception. If you want to get on the path of life. See, getting on the path of life is one thing, but then you've got to stay on the path of life. You know, um, there was a, uh, I think it was a prophet that was told 
You need to go from here to there, talk to no one, say no, say nothing. It, it was, oh, the, the woman uh, of, of the Shunammite woman who, whose son died, right? And uh, Elisha told his servant to go and, and don't talk to anybody, just go to lay his staff on the dead child. And he had to run, so he had to be focused, See, the, the devil is going to want, you, want to get you to turn right or to turn left or to stop and talk to this person. But sometimes when you have an instruction to go and talk to no one and just go, you got to go. Amen? Okay. So we need good reception and we need to treasure God's commands. All right? Then he says, verse 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom. How many are listening to wisdom? Jesus is our wisdom. We've been given the spirit of wisdom, right? Proverbs chapter 8 says, I, wisdom, created the world. So that's God, amen? Wisdom is God. And we have divine wisdom. Are we listening to wisdom? Are we inclining your ear? What does it mean to incline your ear? It means get closer so all, all you need to do is whisper. Did you know the closer you get to someone the less volume you have to use when you talk. And when you're intimate, all it takes is a whisper. Or sometimes I don't even have to say anything because Dr. Fiona knows what I'm thinking. Because she knows me. She gets me. So, number one, you have to have good reception. Number two, you've got to treasure or cherish God's commands. Number three, you've got to Incline your ear to wisdom. Attend to wisdom. Pay attention. When wisdom is speaking, you've got to listen. When wisdom talks, everyone listens. But that's not true, is it? There's a lot of people in the world that aren't listening to wisdom. There are a lot of people in this world that are listening to confusion. You're not a boy. You're a girl. That's a lie. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay? So, um, you have reception and treasuring and attention. And then verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, or no, I'm sorry, the last part of verse 2. Apply your heart to understand, then you have application. Everybody say application. Sometimes we miss it in the application. We hear the instruction, but we don't apply it, or we don't apply ourselves to it. God spoke, the minute God spoke it to you, he wanted you to do something with it. When God appeared to Moses at the burning bush in the wilderness, right? And uh, he told Moses that I've heard the cry of my people, and I have seen their suffering. And I'm, I'm calling you to go and deliver them. Oh, no, 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 no. I, 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 can't, I can't speak. Well, I made your tongue. I'm not very eloquent. Well, there's your brother Aaron. He can speak for you. I don't know who I'm going to, who should I tell them is sending me? I am that I am. Did you notice that God had an answer for every one of Moses' excuses? And did you know that as long as Moses kept giving excuses why he couldn't do what God said, when the very fact when God spoke it, he was unable to do what God said? 
See, when God speaks a word to you, contained in that word, contained in that message, is the ability and the grace to do what he said. So Moses had everything he needed in the word that God was speaking to him to deliver Israel. But he was fighting against the command. And was God happy or was God mad? The more excuses Moses gave, did that make God happy or did that make God mad? God was getting ticked off. You know why? Because when we tell God no, we're we're calling him a liar. And God can't lie. So when you call him a liar, he doesn't take that kindly. So guess what? When God tells you to do something, in that message, in that word, he's already given you everything you need to do it. The ability, the equipment, the resources, everything. When God told, when, when Nehemiah, when he saw the broken down wall, when he heard the report of the broken down wall of Jerusalem, how it was burned with fire, he wept and he prayed and he, God said, I want you to rebuild the wall. And he, he, he was a cupbearer, which was a prominent position. And the king looked at him and he saw that he was sad. And you don't want to be a cupbearer that's sad when you're bringing something to the king. Right? So the the king asked Nehemiah, what's going on? And Nehemiah told him. He was a little bit reluctant, but he told him. And guess what? God provided everything that Nehemiah needed through the king. The king gave him lumber. The king gave him protection. The king gave him provision. The king gave him a promise to go. Everything he needed was in God's word spoken to him to rebuild the wall. So when God speaks to you, it doesn't matter what he instructs you to do. Your answer should be yes, and that's the end of it. Don't reason it. Don't discuss it. Just get ready to do it. Because in that word contains everything you need to do it. Amen? The word come to Palmyra contained everything that we needed to do this. And believe me, we needed God. Because we experienced opposition. Just like Nehemiah did. Just like anybody that endeavors to, believe, to, to step out and obey God. The enemy is not just going to say, okay, you go do it. I won't, I won't touch you. No. He opposes everything that God is into. Now, he, he, he's not omnipresent, but he still opposes, you know. But don't let that fear of what the enemy might do. Who cares what he can do? We got Jesus. Jesus defeated him. We're, we over, the enemy can do anything he wants to, but he's not going to stop me. He's not going to keep me from doing God's will. He's not going to prevent me from getting on the right path. All right, verse 3. So we have reception, treasuring, attention, application, verse 3. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, that's prayer. That's supplication. That's a specific request. Okay? Crying out, lifting up your voice, that's specific prayer, a request or a plea. Okay? Verse 4. If you seek her as silver, who's her? That's wisdom. It lists wisdom as a her because it's female in, in its original language. It's not calling wisdom a female, but you know what I'm saying. Seek her as silver. Search for her as hidden treasures. How would you search for a hidden treasure? Oh, I didn't find anything. 
guess it's going to take a little bit more than this to search for hidden treasure. Am I right? But th- this is what some Christians do. They say, oh, I didn't find anything, so it must not be true. No, you didn't do what you need. You didn't search for it like treasure. You can't just... You, searching for treasure is not sweeping dust under a rug. Get out the backhoe, right? Get out the shovels. Get out the dynamite. Let's go get some treasure. Amen? People risk their lives to find treasure. The great gold rush. People went into the unknown to find treasure. We got we to gotta go after wisdom like, like we're, we're searching for hidden treasure. Amen? You know, what if I've never seen someone who found a sunken treasure in the ocean find it by snorkeling? Because when you snorkel, you're just on the surface. And you can only go down for a minute, and then you need to come back up for air. Right? But, but people who find sunken treasures, they put on the diving mask. Right? They got the oxygen pumped in and they're going down. They're experiencing some pressure. This is how we have to, if you want to be on the right path, you got to go after it like a hidden treasure. You got to seek and search. Everybody say seek and search. Yeah, when someone's lost, they, they, they employ whole teams of rescue. Right? They get out the dogs. They get helicopters. They get planes. They say, we're going to cover a 10-mile radius. Right? They're serious about it. we got to get serious about it. All right? Now, look at verse 5. When you do these things, reception, cherish, attention, application, supplication, seek and search, then... You will understand the fear of the Lord. Guess what? The fear of the Lord is where, begin, where wisdom begins. The fear of the Lord is honor, respect, and reverence of God, his people, his places, and his things. Okay? When you do these things, you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. How many want to find the knowledge of God? See, because that's necessary to be on the right path, the path that leads to life. Okay? You know, we're, we're supposed to grow in our knowledge of God. We're supposed to be knowing more about God today than we did a year ago. And guess what? God put a beautiful place on the planet called the church, which he is the head of, which he bought with his blood, which he said, I will build my church. This isn't my church. This is his church. Amen? This is God's work. Okay, now, look at what the Lord gives you when you do the first four things. Well, they're actually six things, but they're in the first four verses. Verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Woo, isn't that awesome? God's got some wisdom stored up for you. But for the upright, who are the upright? The upright are those who walk in innocence. They walk in integrity. The upright are sincere in their manner before God. They, they walk according to the rule of the word. They walk by faith. They walk 
uh, in him, in the light. Amen. They walk in his uprightness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we got to act righteous. We got to walk righteous. Why? It's the right path. If you try to be wicked on the right path, you're going to get destroyed. You're going to get taken out. I don't want you to get taken out. I want you to reach your destiny. I want you to get on the right path, the path of life, and stay on it until you get to the end. And you cross the finish line and you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into joy today. It doesn't matter when, when you start the right path, but you've got to stay on it. And in order to stay on the right path, you've got to do what's right. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that. Okay? So the Lord's going to give this. He's going to store up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. I'm telling you, he will protect you. He will shield you. Hallelujah. That shield encompasses you. God, God told Abraham, he said, I'm a shield and a buckler to you. And he protected Abraham. Even when Abraham messed up, God protected him. God will protect you if you're striving to do what's right. If, if it's in your heart to do the right thing and you're doing it and if you make a mistake, the Bible says just repent. Confess your sin and he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is faithful and just. He won't criticize you. My goodness, his closest disciple, Peter. They were having the Last Supper. And uh, Jesus said, tonight they're going to strike the shepherd and you all are going to leave me. And Peter says, dun, 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 I'm super Christian. He said, though everybody leave you, I'm never going to leave you. And Jesus is like, yeah, the rooster's going to trip you up, buddy. So there was Peter in front of all the disciples. He said, I'll never leave you. And then Peter's by the fire and this little girl comes to him and says, you're one of Jesus' disciples. No, I'm not. You don't know what you're talking about. He moves over to another place. Another person comes up. You're his disciple. Your action gives you away. No, I don't know. And then he started to curse. He cussed the little girl out. So much for dun dun dumb super Christian. So Peter denied knowing his closest friend that he followed for three years. He denied knowing him. And Jesus said to him ahead of time, he said, Peter, before the rooster, he said, Satan desires to sift you, but I pray that your faith fail not, and when you return. So Jesus knew he was going to mess up, but Jesus also knew he was going to return. And yes, Peter messed up, The rooster crowed. He wept bitterly. And when Jesus rose from the dead, after Peter went back fishing, Jesus showed up on the shore. He had some fish and some bread. (laughs) It's amazing. He, He made a fire and everything. Had the fish there. And uh, the disciples said, oh, it's Jesus. 
Peter jumped in the water and swam to shore. Did Jesus criticize him? Did Jesus say, Peter, I knew what you did? No, he said, do you love me? Jesus didn't even bring up what he did. He just wanted Peter to be secure in his love for him. Do you love me, Peter? Oh, yes, I do, Lord. You know that I do. Then feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Oh, yes, Lord, you know that I do. Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I do. That was the man who preached on the day of Pentecost and got 3,000 people saved. The man who denied Jesus. You you think God can restore people. But you've got to be willing to be restored. See, when you're on the path of life, if you make a wrong turn, you can get back on the exit and turn back on, get back on the path. Amen? God, God set up repentance for that very purpose. Repentance is your U-turn. If you're a golfer, repentance is your mulligan. Repentance is your do-over. Right? Repentance is your red flag on the football field reviewing the play. And it's called in your favor. Right? That's what repentance is. Repentance is a restart. Repentance is a new beginning. God knew that we were going to need to repent from time to time. So he put it in the plan. Aren't you glad for God? Okay. Verse, uh, verse 9. When you, when you get what God gives, then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity and every good path. How many want to know every good path? That means when you wake up tomorrow and you're faced with three paths, you, you, you can understand every good path. Okay, I'll take number one. That's a good path. Right? Every opportunity, you will understand every good path. Isn't that what the Bible says? I'm going to read it to you again. You will understand righteousness. This is verse 9. You will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Isn't that awesome? When wisdom, verse 10, when wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you, understanding will keep you, to deliver you from the way of evil. Listen, if you're on an evil path, you you need to be delivered. Get off the evil path. Stop doing evil. What's evil? Anything that disagrees with God's word. Did you know that negative speech is evil? Hence, they brought back an evil report. Oh, we were just talking. No, it was an evil report. You had a grasshopper mentality when you should have had a giant killer mentality. You're no grasshopper. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not a grasshopper. And he'll deliver you from the man who speaks perverse things. If you're around people that speak perverse things, you can get deliverance. You don't want to go down the path of perversity. Did you know that Paul thought the path of persecution was God's will for his life? But that was the wrong path, wasn't it? Because Jesus appeared to him and said, why are you kicking against the pricks? He said, oh, Lord. (laughs) Right? Paul had a whole career change in one day, in three days, actually. He didn't even go through a retooling process. Well, he did. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. That's, he got retooled and refueled. Some of you need to be retooled and refueled. 
The Apostle Paul thought that his plan for his life was to persecute Christians. And he was good at it. He had permission from the church to persecute Christians. For, I shouldn't say the church, but the, the, the Sanhedrin or the Pharisees or the Sadducees. You know why the Pharisees, Sadducees are called Sadducees? Because they don't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. True, they don't believe in the resurrection. So, Paul was going down the wrong path. It was a path, that, it was a path of death. If he had stayed on that path, he would have died because he was coming against Jesus. Okay? So, Jesus met him on the wrong path. And he gave him an opportunity to get on the right path. He said, uh, go, go here and it's going to be told you what to do. See, he'll show you the right path. So, Paul was blind for three days. You know, God gave Paul three days to decide if he's going to get on the right path or stay on the wrong path. And then along came Ananias. God spoke to Ananias. He said, I want you to go here. He, he named where Paul was. He named him the house that he was staying. And I want you to, he said, and Ananias said, you know, I've heard reports about him. And, and God said, don't worry, Ananias. He's a chosen vessel. Go. And Ananias was fine with that instruction. That gave him the courage to go face Paul, who persecuted Christians. And, he, and Ananias walked in and he said this, Brother Saul, didn't he? Brother Saul. He didn't say persecutor Saul. He called him brother. Right? Brother Saul. He laid his hands on him. Scales fell from his eyes. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he got baptized all the same day. Now he's ready to go. He's been retooled and refueled. And in three days, he went from going on the wrong path to being on the right path. It's just a quick change. It's a quick change. If you know that you're going down the wrong path, tonight's your night to turn around and repent. God's not going to scold you. He's going to welcome you. Did the prodigal son, did the father say, oh, son, I've waited for so long for you to show up. You put me through so much stress, son. You've broken my heart, son. No, he didn't say any of that. He just said, hey, boy, good to see you. Welcome. He showered love on that boy. That's what God does when someone's on the wrong path and they get on the right path. He celebrates. He throws a party. He gets excited. Angels in heaven are going, woo! Yeah, they're finally getting it right. Angels in heaven celebrate when one person comes to the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I could go on and I could go on. But now it's time for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that God will enlarge the path beneath you. And he'll make your steps secure. God's interested in you getting on the right path. John the Baptist, he was called to make a straight path to Jesus. He tore down the high places, he built up the low places, and he straightened out the crooked places. So that Jesus could have a straight entrance into someone's heart.
Amen? Our refreshing tonight comes by being on the path of life. And that path contains God's presence. It contains fullness of joy. It contains pleasures. It's a good path. It's a fun path. It's an exciting path. It's the right path. And it's time to get on it. I'm not saying that you're not on it. But you know where you are. God didn't give me this message because someone here has been going the wrong direction. But tonight's your night to change. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? Hallelujah. Times of refreshing. Oh, yes, Lord, I will read that. Let me read Acts 3.19, which this, this night has been based on for many years. On Wednesday nights, we used to meet as a prayer meeting. But it was more of a gossip session <laughs> until we got here and changed some things up a bit. And we started having a service on Wednesday nights. Acts 3.19. This is what this, this night is based on. Wednesday night refreshing. Repent therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. So that times plural of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Woo! When you make the decision to do what's right with your life and to do on the right path, no matter what it costs you, no matter what it takes, God's presence will come with refreshing, hallelujah, and blessing, and love, and encouragement, and joy, and peace, and everything that you need. And he will take you by the hand and say, let's go, daughter. Let's go, son. We're going to do something great. We're going to do some great exploits. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, Lord, tonight I'm getting on the right path. I'm going to follow your voice. I'm going to follow your instructions. I'm going to do what's right according to you, not according to me. It's not my plan. It's not my way. It's God's way. It's God's direction. It's God's purpose. I'm going to live for God. Hallelujah. Get excited about that. Get excited about that. Hallelujah. It's true with an individual. It's true with a family. It's true with an organization like VCF. Amen. Sometimes we've got to navigate some things. Sometimes we've got to change some things. Amen. But it's for the greater good. The greater good. Oh, I'll tell you what. Things are going to be different. Oh, hallelujah. When you get on this path, things are going to happen in your life. So at such a fast rate, you're going to look back and say, "Woo! look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Now that you get out of the pilot seat and let Jesus be the pilot. Things are going to be good. Amen. See, because he is Lord and no one else is, he gets the right to set the agenda, to give the direction. Amen. To show you the way in which to take. He is the master. He is Adonai. He is Lord of all. Amen. Just everybody raise up your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, 
I surrender and I submit to your will for my life. I listen to your word. I hear the voice of your spirit. And I will do what you say. No matter what. No matter where you take me. I'm going to follow you closely. In Jesus name. Amen. Oh yeah. Freedom is breaking out right now. Hallelujah. I can only imagine what Mary Magdalene was like with seven devils in her life. Tormenting her. Leading her to destruction. Leading her into all kinds of things that were abhorrible. Bringing guilt, shame, and condemnation on her when they're the ones influencing her to do it. But then came along Jesus and cast out seven devils from Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene never stopped following Jesus. She was there uh, supporting him. She was there following him. She was at the cross. She was at the tomb. She was in the upper room. Hallelujah. She, once she got free of those nasty devils, she, she, she found her joy in following Jesus. And she never left her, she never left her post. She got on the right path. And she was happy to get on that path. She was glad to get off that other path. She was glad to exit the wrong path. And it changed the rest of her life. Hallelujah. She lived on the right path in freedom, in peace, and in purity. Hallelujah. That's what God can do. And he's doing it for us right now. He's doing it for us right now. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here that you have pain in your body? The Bible says that Jesus took our pains and he bore our sicknesses. And by his stripes, you are healed. If you are experiencing pain in a joint or anywhere in your body right now, you came in with pain tonight, you can leave pain-free. Anybody have pain in your body? Hallelujah. If you do, come on up here right now. Glory to God. Jesus is going to make you free. Amen?